This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, we're on uh, the trajectory of faith here, and as ushers are receiving that, I'm, I'm going to re, re, uh, review just a little bit here briefly on a thing. You know, we talked about one of the things that keeps us in the pit of life that we never get out of is when we hold on to unforgiveness. And none of us in this room are exempt from unforgiveness. And so the, the Lord give me a, a visual illustration of what unforgiveness does to us as a believer. If you've ever had your back out of alignment, you begin to walk kind of funny, kind of bent over. And the longer you go, the more you get bent over, you get bent over. And so if you go to a chiropractor... They line you back up. They do what there is an adjustment to get you lined back up. But if I never get that adjustment, I keep getting worse and I keep getting worse until finally I'm really, really bent over. That's the same way with unforgiveness. When I have unforgiveness in my life, it gets me out of alignment with the kingdom of God. And whether we realize that or not, spiritually before long, we begin to be bent and we limp and we limp. And the longer I go, the worse it gets. And so with every one of us, there's times in my heart i got to judge myself and say, Lord, show me if there's unforgiveness in my heart. And then when you find out, man, you got to get rid of that stuff just like I do. And so that's, that's part of the process. Now, tonight we're going to look a little different. Go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 14. Isaiah 14. Um, in in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, it says that God gives grace to the humble... But he resists the proud. He resists the arrogant. And so the, the only time in the Bible that you will find that God ever resists mankind is with pride. I never, it doesn't say he resists the thief, the murderer. But it does say he resists the pride or the uh, uh, proud. Why was, was God so against pride? Watch here in Isaiah 14, and this will answer a little bit of questions. Begin with me in verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground or thrown down to the ground, you who weakened or destroyed the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation or over the angels on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the Most High. Now, the devil's rebellion manifests in five I will statements addressed against God. And what he's talking about here is he's talking about pride and self-reliance. So, pride is birthed from the devil. He's the originator of pride. And so anytime I live with pride in any area of my life, understand I'm acting like the devil. That's why God's against it. So really we've been, we've been told we must put on humility. Now think about those words to put on humility. That means it's a choice. On a daily basis, you choose what shoes you're going to wear. And I know some of you ladies, that's tough. As many shoes as you got if you're like my wife. But still, it's a choice. And so choose humility and say, Lord, I humble myself today before you. It's not about I, 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 I. It's about you. 
Now, turn with me back to the book of Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. And this is the passage here of Joseph where we've been. And, ah, man, I, I can be on this a long time. I don't know how long. It's, there's so much stuff in here. And actually, today I spoke. We have, I don't know, 12, 15 interns. Many of you have children or students that are interns. And I spoke thanks to them today. And I spoke for an hour to those teenagers and I started in Genesis 37, and I got to verse 3. I got to three verses in an hour. That's as far as I got. But it was powerful, just really powerful. And so watch what God will do. Open your heart up to this tonight. We're going to learn something here. Verse 1. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad with this, the sons of Billion, the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph bought a bad report of them to his father. Now, understand this, that it's very clear that Joseph's brothers weren't perfect. But who is? If we really want to get down to the nuts, who is perfect? None. The only one that's perfect is Father God. The only one that ever walked this earth as perfect was Jesus, and he was crucified for it. And so again, right here, it's, it's very clear that his brothers weren't perfect. But what this verse reveals to us right here is Joseph thought he was qualified to make critical judgments against his brothers. At the age of 17... Now, I highlight that because when you're 17, you know a lot about life. That's funny, okay? I just throw that up there. And so right here, this shows that he had pride in him because when you read that he thought he was, he was in a position to make judgments against his brothers, he hadn't had these dreams yet. So this shows me there was a root of pride already in him. Now, when I begin to look at this, God has dealt with me in the last week very, very strong of being critical and judgmental even in my own life. And one of the reasons I want to highlight this is because none of us are exempt from this regardless of your age. And you say, Pastor, how have you been judgmental or critical? I'm going to give you just one really illustration that became so alive to me. When I saw what happened in, in Orlando the other night, I, I got so irritated at the Muslim religion. I mean, I was like, Father God, it's very obvious that all the issues in our world is this group of people, this, 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 this. And the Lord spoke to me and said, who gives you the authority to judge them? And then I got reminded that God created all people. And I begin to realize that anytime we think we have the right to judge people or criticize people, we have a sense of pride within us that says to a degree, I'm better than them, which I'm not. And so for two days, I just didn't repent. Man, every time I get in the presence of God, I begin to repent. I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be that way. I need your help. And so right here, you begin to see that this young man named Joseph at the age of 17, he, it reveals pride in his life. 
How can pride manifest? Well, it can manifest even in the area where we think, you know what? I'm smarter than other people. I'm more talented than other people. I'm more pretty than other people. I'm more popular than other people. Do you know I've seen pride in men that says, I'm really tough. I can whip anybody. That's, that's arrogance. That's pride's what that is. And so again, it can manifest itself in so many other ways. I got more friends than you. So you see how the devil begins to, to move in those areas. And remember, pride will come after you regardless of your age. So then I, I got to paraphrase this for you. Joseph has the dream. He has this dream, and in the dream, he tells his brothers, you're going to bow down to me, and you're going to worship me. And so when I see that he has this dream, did the dream take him to a new level of pride? I believe it did. I believe he had this thought, I'm so much more special than the rest of you. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before... Uh Uh-uh, that's wrong. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. I'm sorry, I didn't set you up. I just said that, okay? Pride goes before destruction. And so we backpedal a little bit with what we've been taught. And so here he becomes very prideful. He tattletales on him. Then he gets to a place in his life. He has this dream. He tells his mother, his father, his brothers, you all are going to bow down to me. And ultimately, he gets thrown into the pit and he gets sold as a slave. So God takes this evil in his life. And understand this, God wasn't the one who put him in the pit. His brothers did. But God will take what was meant for evil and he'll use it for good. And so in this situation, I believe God is wanting this young man named named Joseph to get to his destiny. But to get him to destiny, he's going to go through some stuff. Because he's eaten up with pride. Now, turn a couple pages to Genesis chapter 39. And we ended last week in verse 4. So let's start in Genesis 39 verse 5. So it was from the time that Potiphar had made Joseph overseer of the house and all that he had. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had. And on the house and on the field. Now, if we go back and look at verse 2, 3, 4, and 5, you find words that he was successful. He was prosperous. He had the favor of God on him. And this, this verse here, it says, he was an overseer. So we begin to see that he begins to experience some greatness in his life. So now here's the next question. When I experience greatness in my life or achievement in my life, does it cause pride to rise up again? It can. It can move us into a whole other area of pride. So even in this place, I believe that, that even though that he had something special from God on the inside, it's dangerous and a sure sign of pride when I begin to live by my achievements. And even what's worse is any time in my life where I have to begin to tell people my titles and my achievements, it's a sure sign of pride. Now think about that just for a minute. When you go around, do you always have to tell people of your achievements? See, I think a lot of times we don't even realize that we're doing those things 
But when we begin to have to tell people about our achievements, I believe it's rooted in insecurity. We are insecure and we want to to be accepted by people. So in a roundabout way, we begin to do all this stuff like like he's talking about. Now think about that in your own life right now. Do I have to tell everybody about my achievements? Because if I have to do that, it's usually rooted in pride. Verse 6. Thus, he, Potiphar, left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And Potiphar didn't even know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Understand this. God promotes on character and integrity. God doesn't promote because you're handsome or beautiful, okay? And so when I read this here in verse 6, that it said he was handsome and in great appearance, this can be another area of pride that will destroy you if you allow it. Where you can look and say, man, I'm the man of the hour with power, look at me. And so you begin to see over and over how pride tries to manifest in Joseph's life. Keep reading, verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that Potiphar's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. Now understand this right here. Watch this real close. Not only is he experiencing success, favor, He's been promoted to the overseer. The dude is handsome. And now he looks at everybody else and says, get this, fellas. Even my boss's wife is after me. So again, if I'm not careful, I can get over into pride in these areas. And I must remember, without God's blessings and God's grace, I'm nothing. I'm I'm nothing right here. My identity must be in Jesus, not in what I do, not in who I am, not even in my looks or my calling. My identity is in Jesus. So what the Lord always wants is when we experience success, he wants us to be successful. But who gets the glory? Who gets the honor? And when I achieve greatness in my life, just, just watch sporting events and when they, they interview a, a guy or a woman who's achieved greatness in sports, just always listen who they give thanks to. Sometimes they'll thank God, but most of the time they won't. And so again, God's the one who gets the, the blessing. So we look at Joseph's life. From the age of 17 to 30, those are in years. You know what I call? I call them pride-killing years. These are areas where your character is being shaped. And this is what God begins to do. And so when you begin to look at this, and and this is how God moves with every one of us. When you take a test in life, and these are tests. He's going through tests. When you take a test with Father God and you pass it, God promotes you to a new level. It's kind of like this. When God promotes you, he moves you here. And God will say, well, let's give him another test. Let's see how he does. And then you do here. But with God, when I don't pass the test, God doesn't flunk me. He doesn't put a big F on my heart. But you know what he does say? Redo. On your paper, it says redo. And so then you go back 
and you get an opportunity to do it again down the line in your life. And guess what? You'll either pass it or you'll continue to redo it, to redo it, to redo it over and over again until I get it right. And when I pass the test, I start stepping into my destiny. The reason Joseph didn't go from 17 to 22 and, and, and get into the, uh, the being who God had for him through that dream, he kept having to redo. I've had to redo stuff. I was on an 18-year test with me. I just kept redoing. I was like, dear Lord, do you not see what's going on? And God said, no, dude, you got to keep redoing. You got to keep going over and over and over. Now, go back with me. To the verse, uh, chapter 37. And I want you to see something here these last few minutes tonight. Remember this great, great destiny requires great responsibility. And with great responsibility requires great character. And without character, you won't get very far. I don't care who you are. I don't care how, how big a dreams you have, talent you have, leadership you have. You're not going to get very far. And when I talk about great character, I'm talking about people that live with godly integrity. And one way you can judge that, do people believe what you say? Can they trust you with what they say? Can they trust you with money? Because right here, he was tested with not just liquid money, but he was tested with Potiphar's, his wealth and his well-being, and yet he was being trusted. And so again, many times we don't get promoted in life because we don't live with character. And God says, you know what? If you can't be faithful in the little, I'm never going to get you to much. And so there's always a step, always a step. Genesis 37, verse number 8. I just want to read one passage here. And Joseph's brother said to him, now this is after he had the dream, shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him. Even more for his dreams and for his words. Now listen real close to what I see right here. They weren't real thrilled about the dreams that he had. But what really got him was his words. You know what his words were? He boasted. He bragged. And he was better than them with his words. And when you look at this right here. This is a sign of immaturity. I don't care who you are. When you have to boast, when you have to brag, and you, and you have to come across like you're better than And it's immature no matter what your call is, no matter what type of, of, of things God has for you. The focus is on me, and that's not God. And so when I look at this, Joseph tried to achieve acceptance from his brothers by coming across as arrogant. And so I can't do that. Now, I want you to go with me to the book of James, chapter 3. James, chapter 3. Again, this is the trajectory of faith for every one of us. I don't care who we are. We may go through different tests and different times in our life, but we're going to go through stuff. And so here, here's some things we begin to learn from the man Joseph. God won't set you up to fail. God will pull back the reins and say, man, you're not ready. You're not ready. Now watch this in James 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. Yes, we do. And if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. 
Now, listen what the word perfect there means. It means complete. It means sound. It means being whole. But listen to this. More particularly, when applied to believers, it denotes maturity. So we go back to old Joseph at 17. He started yakking with his mouth and he started having to tell his brothers about how awesome he's going to be. And so it was a sign of immaturity. And so one way I begin to look at my life as a believer, am I mature with my words? So we see that Joseph had a word talking. And so one way I deal with pride is I control my tongue. Many, many times pride is manifested by what I speak out of my mouth. And so if you got a problem with your tongue, number one, ask God to help you. Repent of it. And then you've got to get around somebody that will tell you the truth in love and they'll hold you accountable. What do I mean? I, I knew a man that he had all kinds of problems with his tongue. And he realized it. And he said to his wife, I want you to help me. So anytime they would go to a restaurant, she would either sit right beside him or directly across from him. And when he would begin to yak and yak, she'd kick him. She'd kick him in the shins. Not hard, not ugly. Just to warn him to say like, dude, quit. Shut up. Now again, that's out of a motive of love. I knew another woman that had issues with talking. And her and her husband had a little agreement that when she would start yakking and wouldn't shut up, he would just real calmly do this. And she realized the signal. And again, unless we become aware of what we're saying, a lot of times, man, our words will tear us up. Sometimes people don't want to be around you because you're so stinking arrogant with your words. If that's not you, how many of you know somebody that you say, I don't want to be around them because of that? Anybody know anyone like that? Look at that. I bet you nanas, we all look and say, I don't want to be around that person. They tell you how great they are. They tell you everything they're going to do for God, but they ain't got no character. And so again, this is how we've got to learn to get help, just like Joseph did. God kept molding him and shaping in him. And, and as long as I keep getting back in the oven, and what I mean by that, God who, the, the God who loves people, he corrects people. Man, I've been corrected by God a bunch here lately, and my flesh doesn't like it, but my heart loves it. And so again, i got to be around that. Now, this will be the last verse I go to. Go to, go to Matthew chapter 15. And when I, I turn here to Matthew 15, I'm just going to say this. It will come across that you have a mouth problem. But in reality, you have a heart problem. Watch what the Bible says here, Matthew 15, 18. But those things which proceed or come out of the mouth, they come from the heart and they defile a man. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He said in, in Matthew 15, verse 8, these people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So right here, he says that their hearts weren't aligned with their lips. And it requires that my, my worship and my praise and my thanks, every bit of it comes from my heart, but it comes out of my mouth. 
And so anytime that I begin to say things out of my mouth that aren't godly, that I have to criticize, I have to judge, I have to come across about all my achievements, understand this, there's a root on the inside of me. And for most of it, it's birthed with some form of insecurity. That we're insecure in ways, and I can say that about my own self, I can be very insecure in areas of my life. So again, we, we want people to like us. We don't ever want people to come across and think, man, their life's messed up. Well, you know what? In reality, all of our lives are messed up. We're all messed up. We all need God if we'd come to that conclusion. I, I, I've had people say but to me before, did you know this person's coming to church? He's a bad or she's a bad person. And I looked and I said, I got a, I got a church full of bad people. We're all bad. And I'm not meaning that in an, in, in an ugly way. I'm just saying we're bad, we're sinful. We've all made mistakes. And so again, I've got to take time to come in my life to, to get to the root of the problem. So right now, let me, let me ask you, this. Do, do you have pride in your life? You've got insecurities. Do, do, do you brag? Do you boast a lot? Do you have to put other people down to make you look good? When you're confronted, do you get angry? A lot of times, it's out of pride. It says, you're not going to do that to me. You know? And so again, I'm just telling you things that God begins to deal with my life in. Now, I want to throw something out here to, to end tonight. And I talked about this just a little bit on Sunday morning. I've I haven't been in, in areas of my life, I want you to know, in, in, in sin, okay? But I was in some settings in the last couple of weeks, by the last month, and I, I realized there was some stuff within me where I was emotionally very unhealthy. And, and what I mean by that, uh, many times in my life I have this big filing cabinet right here. And when stuff happens in my life, I put it in a file and I just shut that. And as a man, I have this thought, it'll go away or just suck it up and deal with it. Well, what begins to happen in life when you begin to see cycles in your life? You may be okay for a while. Okay, okay, okay. Then all of a sudden, something, maybe the littlest thing in the world, just kicks that back in. And so when that happens in our life, you can always guarantee there's, there's some root within you. And so God began to deal with me in my life, and, and I, I came in here several times where I said, Lord, I, I come in here with no agenda, and where I'm going with this is two weeks from tonight, we're going to have a praise and worship night. It's just not going to be a praise and worship night, guys. It's, it's going to be special. And some of you have heard me repeat this now for several weeks. The reason, I, I believe God, God's going to show up in an incredible way. So I, I come in here, and... I say, Lord, I, I come for no other reason but to praise you and worship you. I don't have a list of requests and, Lord, I want you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to... No, I just come to sit in your presence. So I, I, I come right here and I sit and I just begin to worship God. And I said to him, I said, Lord, I'm here for no other reason but to worship you. I just want to come to your feet. And so I do this for several days. And man, the Lord, just the presence of God would come in here. And I would begin to weep under the, the presence of God. And I could literally sense him changing me. And so one day I, I get done. And man, I realize just how awesome it was. And I get ready to leave. And I hear this in my heart. 
The Lord said, you made my day. And I got real still and real quiet. And this, this is how I talked to the Lord. I said, Lord, what did you say? And he said, you made my day. And he said, anytime my children come into my presence and they have no agenda just to love me, just to worship me and praise me, it makes my day. And it began to move me. And it goes back to this with every one of us. We've got so accustomed to running. Busy, busy. Man, I'm running here, and, and we try to justify it, but I can't justify it. I can't justify it. I, I don't care what my excuses are. I can't justify it. And so what will ultimately happen, guys, is we'll wear ourselves out. Or we can learn once again, Father God, I just want to get in your presence. I just want to get in your presence. And it's very healthy, guys. It will change you. And so I'm just preparing you. When we come that night, I've come to worship, Lord. I've come to praise you. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.